Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Susanna, and welcome to the Codeco podcast. In this podcast, we'll keep you up to date with the latest app development tech talk. Now, here's the show. Thanks. This is the Codeco podcast. Welcome to episode eight for season one. This episode was recorded on Wednesday, the 25th of January, 2023, for release on Thursday, the 14th of February, 2023. This episode is sponsored by Split.io. I am your host, Drew Freeman, with my trusty co-host, Susanna Skyer-Gupta. Thanks, Drew. In this episode, we'll be talking about life after boot camp, including how to navigate today's job market and how boot camp prepares you to do just that. Eric Jenkinson is a recent graduate of Codeco's iOS Accelerator Boot Camp with a passion for sharing his knowledge with the developer community. Bob DeLaurentis, started, who's also a recent graduate of our Codeco Accelerator Bootcamp, started programming pocket calculators in the 1970s, discovered online communities in the 1980s, me too, aren't they amazing, and has been writing about Apple and personal technology for over three decades. Robert, Eric, Bob, thank you. Welcome to the show so much. Um, I could, I think we could all just probably geek out on things like Genie and other BBSs. Um, but we were, Ooh, we're yeah, Wildcat. Yeah, we, we could, we, we, we could geek out on, on Usenet. It's a, it, it's a, it's a senior show today, but, uh, but I think we're going to look primarily at, at, uh, at boot camps. When did you both take your boot camps? Oh, we did this in um, August of uh, 2022. And so you guys were in the same cohort. Yes. Yes. And you're both you're both iOS. Yes. Correct. And I'm so proud of Susie's in cohort, which is the term we learned on the last show. The uh, the the uh, boot camp term for your your classmates, so to speak. Um, just read. Reputting that out there for those who missed the last episode, um, but it is it is great. Let me start, Eric, with you. What prompted you to take the boot camp? I would say the big thing is um, just to get some motivation to actually change. Um, mm. I've been in IT for about thirty years now, and um, uh, I started off as a programmer in the late eighties. Uh, went into um, database and system administration. And over time, I wanted to get back into programming. Uh, I spent many years, you know, um, you know, buying books, uh, taking little online classes here and there. But invariably, something would come up because I'm older, I got kids, I got a wife, got a dog. Uh, something's going to come up, it's going to take my time away from doing that. And um it's hard to get back into it. I mean, you can be as disciplined as you think you are, but life life gets in the way. Um, I've I've got a college education. Um, I got a degree in computer science. Um, the boot camp for me was the 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 big thing was is something that okay, I'm going to have to put skin in the game now. I mean, buying a book, right. buying a ten dollar course here and there. I mean, it's easy to write off and say, hey, you know, OK, I didn't finish it, but, you know, I got my nine or ten dollars worth out of it or twenty dollars worth out of it. I mean, when you start getting to be a little bit more expensive, like college classes or boot camps, that's a lot more skin in the game. There's a lot more um, lot more motivation to finish it. Um, that being said, I mean, 
I looked at a lot of boot camps. I looked at uh, all the big popular ones that are out there, um, you know, all the big ones in Silicon Valley and even the middle middle to end of the road ones there. Uh, just the the biggest problem I had with with any of those was time. I mean, I got to work. I got a 40-hour job right now. Mm-hmm. I can't take 40 hours off a week plus, plus, plus class work. And then the cost. I mean, when you're looking at right. $20,000, $40,000 for a boot camp, I mean, we're talking college education money at that time right now, especially if you're in the South. I mean, you get in the $20,000 range, that's that's pretty darn expensive. I mean, that's a lot of skin in the game, so to say. That, that's a car. That's a car. Yeah, that's a car. Yes. Well, it's it's definitely a very good used car. <laughs> Low mileage. <laughs> well put. So, Bob, what um, was your motivation to uh to to take a boot camp? I almost I, I've been. Ray, 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 like now Kotoko subscriber since it became a service. Actually, I'm uh, I'm a f- perpetual student. I enjoy learning. It's one of my hobbies. I am constantly learning new things, and um, I've always been interested in computers and technology and whatnot. And um, I've never been able to get past a certain stage with my learning, um, being uh, self-taught. Um, and so I went to this class because I thought maybe some more structure and some more people, some more interaction, uh, would Mm. be a, um, would be useful. And I must say that is exactly what it was. It was the social aspect of it, just communicating about these things, uh, that made, um, that made it, um, much more, I, I, uh, I definitely got a lot out of it in a relatively small period of time. It was, um, it was it was a lot of fun. And what was your background going in? I'm self-taught on almost everything I ever do. I don't have much of an education, uh, not to brag about. I took a college course. We were very fortunate. Um, uh, I went I went into Swift in 2007. I've been writing about the Mac for years, and um, uh, but but just mostly general writing, a lot of troubleshooting. Um, I used to write for a website called MacFixit.com back during the mm. the first dot uh, com era, and so um, I've always been sort of a technically oriented person, and I've always been. Programming, but I never really got past the automation stage or the scripting stage, and um, not having a lot of a math background, it always intimidated me. And then, uh, and then Swift came along, and I could see, uh, I could just see a path forward there. And I was very fortunate that a local college here, um, fairly close to me, had one of the only night iOS classes uh, in uh, in the country. And it was a very affordable thing to do. And I, I went and did it and it was great. I learned a lot about UI kit and delegation and, and the old stuff that is now no longer particularly leading edge is still useful. I learned a lot, but um, I still haven't managed to put all the pieces together. I haven't, um, you know, I've played different instruments in an orchestra, but I can't play an orchestra yet. And so that's what I wanted to do with Kodaka. I wanted to come away with, a, a working app, you know, a, a thing that had multiple pieces that just so coherently worked together. Uh, Eric, why don't you talk about some of the, the projects along the way in the, in the uh, boot camp that you worked in? During the boot camp, I mean, we had a lot of little projects that were going, that, that we went through. Um, um, we, had, we, we built, um, well, if you followed the entire curriculum, and that was a lot, I tell you, it was for 12 weeks, that was a lot. Um, I think we did around six different apps 
I mean, we did something very wow. simple that that would be something to, you know, exercise the, all the interface components that you'd be normally using inside an iOS app. I mean, that was one of the first things we did. I mean, we didn't spend time going over too much of um, programming concepts and things like that. This is just strictly let's get you into doing something on the device very quickly, and that you and that you can see and start touching with, and everything from that point on, it got more complicated and it got more, uh, I would say, useful over time because everything built upon each other. So like first thing we did, we built this little app that if you move a slider around and you can try to guess where that where that number's at, just a simple number guessing game using interface components. Yeah. And then we go from there to looking at, you know, I want to store some um, um some books that I have and, and, and where I'm at on those. And, you know, again, something just, you know, very simple, but the, the interactions that we did with that were very complicated because depending on what we said, like, like we could view the book, we have a, we have a screen that lists all of our books. We have a, um, we can view the book and say, Hey, I've read this book. And when I click that icon there, when I go back to the next screen, that next screen changes in response to that. So now I got I got different categories that are working right there. And again, this is significantly much more complicated than what we did before than than, than in the first app. But it wasn't uh, insurmountable because everything built upon each other. I mean, well, I mean the um, the concepts that we did were um, were new. But the but the, I guess you can say the background, the boilerplate to it, the you know the the pieces building up to it, were all familiar, and and that's the thing. There was it was constant repetition in everything that we did. So not only did we were we doing something, we were doing that something repeatable, different, um, repeating that something multiple times. So we get it. So we get it built in. So the whole learning process. You know, if if you look at today's um, methodologies for learning, it's you know, good practice, not just any type of practice, deliberate practice that you repeat over time, and that's what the whole entire training was. I mean, if you look at what we did with the first app, and then what we did with uh, say our capstone, I mean, that's a monumental difference. I mean, we used everything you could think of. I mean, outside of the, um, you know, we used everything you would see in a, in a modern day um, app. Now, I'm not talking something like, you know, if you look at things like um, video or um, VR and stuff like that, but I'm talking about the core things that what, what, what make an iOS app, you can do all of those and more. And it was all done in a very short period of time. Yeah, we covered we covered concurrency. We covered uh, JSON decoding. We covered networking. We covered basic user interf- user interface actions. Um, we did a little bit of data save data. We even tried a little bit of uh, core data. And and yeah. um, I would you know what Eric said was was spot on that we really covered the bases very narrowly but yet broadly in respect to like the 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 core features that you'll find in just about every app or at least most of the ones you'll find in every app so what this leads me to ask bob is do you feel that you've now built something cohesive you were saying that before that you'd never really gotten to that feeling do you have that feeling after the boot camp 
I would say that I'm, I got further along than I ever have before. I didn't get it over the finish line to the degree that I wanted. Um, I found the intensity of the course for me personally to be, um, to be a bit of a challenge. Uh, there was so much material and, um, I have a, just an archive of old learning and some of it isn't any good anymore. And I had to kind of struggle through that. I would get stuck with things that worked in, you know, five years ago, but they don't work now. And so, um, yeah, I, I did get further than I ever have before. And, um, uh, it, I, I was, I was, I made measurable progress, but I still, I probably was a little bit too optimistic when I thought that maybe I would come out of it with something I could put in the app store or at least the bare bones of something I could put in the app store. I couldn't hit that target, but so it was a bit of how much, it was a bit of having pretty high expectations, maybe higher than I should have had, uh, for what my skill level was and what my background was. Um, but it was, um, it was very cohesive and it was very, it was very, um, we didn't waste any time on any topics we didn't need to be spending time on. We were really focused on the meat and potatoes of iOS development. I was going to ask you exactly that about like, do you come out with, is the capstone something one can put into the app store? Yes. There was a lot of the apps that, um, that, that we seen, um, cause at, at the end we get to demo all of our apps in front of, in, in, in front of everybody in, in the, um, well, the, the, the entire cohort. Um, but there was a lot of apps that were right then, they were ready to go right into the app store. I mean, this is, um, um, well, what I'm learning now, because um, I got an internship right after this um, oh, with wow. um, Five Pack Creative. And, that um, rocks. And um, what we're learning now, it, what, well, what I'm being taught now is, is that, yeah, you get a minimal viable product right there out of the boot camp. I mean, this is something you can stick on. I mean, is it going to be feature complete? No. I mean, um, it's, it's never going to get there, but it's going to, you're going to have something that not only you can put in the app store, you can put into, into a user's hands and they can use that app. And then from there, you can go to release two. And, but the difference between release one and release two is, is release two is going to have user feedback. You're going to have the feedback from the mm -hmm. users to know what should go into release two. And that's, per, that's pretty important. If someone out there is listening and thinking, you know, I have an app idea and it's partway done, but I just never have had the encouragement to, like, I just haven't managed to get it done. Could you come in with your own app idea and know that you're going to come out with your MVP? Yes, and quite and quite honestly, um, depending on what your app idea is, I mean, the apps we were given um, for our capstone, it was basically here's the idea. We've got four ideas of what your capstone could be. Pick one, and um, there was nothing. I mean, it was, I would say, purposefully vague. I mean, so you got one, here's a store, one, here's a restaurant, one, here's a travel. And what was the other one? Restaurant store. Oh, um, something like a, a, a pet a diary. Pet or, a pet diary. Yeah. Yeah. I would say a diary. So you've got like a travel app, a, um, you know, that's again, very broad. You've got a diary type app for notes or something like that. So, yeah, I mean, there, there wasn't any, um, there wasn't any rigid, um, specifications on what you had to do. And that was something that was very, um, I mean, the mentors throughout it were, were always reinforcing that. 
I mean, we had homework. We had we had weekly homework that had to be done, but that weekly homework was not um, necessarily, you know, in our app. I mean, I mean, why? I mean, we went over some fundamentals of Swift and stuff like that, and we're doing a lot of map and re, you know map reduce and stuff like that on air on 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 arrays. I mean, okay, if you're going to make a programming type app. Maybe that will be in there, but the vast majority of apps, you're going to see that in there, but you're not going to see the the actual homework pieces that we did. Mm-hmm. You had commented that the homework was there, but doesn't necessarily show up in the app. And as a programmer, I've always had that that horrible thing where I do something incredibly clever in the code, and only I really know about that because you don't really highlight the I did something clever in code. You highlight the I have my feature for you. And you just have to get used to that as a programmer that under the hood, it's really cool. And maybe I can go show that to another programmer at some point. Oh, it gets it gets worse. I have I have things that I could talk about that are really, really cool, but it will just bore you to tears. <laughs> I'm talking about I'm talking about some, you know, some nuts and bolts pieces there inside kernel code and um, operating system instructions to, you know, right where I had to rewrite to be able to, you know, just mm-hmm. to be able to get the string interpolation to work right on something. Nobody really cares. It doesn't really do any good. I mean, but, hey, there's a billion dollars worth of uh, money being made on that <laughs> the little thing that I've done. <laughs> yeah, the the neat things are never, never interesting. <laughs> so coming out of boot camp, um, Eric, you said you got an internship. Uh, yes. Bob, have you had anything develop as a result of doing the boot camp as of yet? Yeah, I got a very exciting opportunity. They invited me to be a mentor for the next cohort, uh, which starts next oh. month. So um, I'm going to get to do it all over again, and, uh, <laughs> which is good because repetitive so cool. learning is. Do that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm very excited about it. There's nothing better than going through a class and becoming a TA. <laughs> yeah. Well, I yeah. was in an internal meeting where that came up actually, and I thought that's. I mean, that's wonderful that folks are willing to do that and that, yeah, it's like, it is great in terms of learning for um, you as a bootcamp mentor. And it's also great for the students because, you know, you know exactly what they're going through. Yeah, yeah exactly. And it's, um, it's, it's just a great opportunity. It's a great bunch of people to work with. I mean, everybody that we've dealt with and we interacted with from the students to the um, the people at Codeco to the people that worked, you know, the, the mentor staff that that worked on our, our cohort. Um, they were, I just enjoyed being able to have conversations with each and every one of them, quite honestly. And I'm looking forward to that opportunity um, this, this spring with uh, doing it again. And the fact that we're talking about code and that sometimes we get to talk about those esoteric things that, as Eric was referring to, are, are very interested, only interesting, only to a very small number number of people but you know you find your group you know you find the people that, you know, <laughs> that like the things you like and uh and good and i and, you know and my wife gets to not hear me talk about uh, <laughs> you know functional programming or uh, loops or whatever i'm going to talk about that uh, that day so yeah it's great my, my spouse did uh, yeah. artificial intelligence programming back in the day so every now and then they'll geek out on me and i'll be like oh yeah that's right i can code with you <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, my wife was happy too because then I had, um, as as she said, my play friends <laughs> that I can go through and talk with. 
talk to somebody in your group about that? <laughs> so let's talk about the cohort and and talking with the group. Um, Obviously, the cohort has a certain representation during the boot camp, but how has the 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 gel been with the cohort after the boot camp? Um, I know that you know we we were reaching out to one of you through the other one uh, before the show. How how much communication is there between uh, members of the cohort? Well, I made friends with um, one of the mentors. Uh, actually, um, I, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, and I'm not even going to try. But Franklin, the gentleman who does a lot of the moderating on the uh, the Codeco f- uh, forums um, uh, he and I got to got to talking and he um, pointed me in the direction of a another um, a sort of a sort of an online Cocoa Heads uh, group called Flock of Swifts. And so um, mm-hmm. I've been seeing him every week uh, in that on, on, on Saturdays. That's been a lot of fun. Um, and um, I've, I've been, and I, I know I saw on the, you know, on the notes when we talk, we're going to talk about after the boot camp. to me, uh, subjectively speaking, the boot camp feels like it ended about a week and a half ago. Um, <laughs> it ended, it ended in November and then we went right into the Christmas season, which was pretty big in the holiday season. And so, uh, you know, it's here. It is January, and it's been a relatively. We haven't had. I haven't had a lot of time to uh, to to touch face with everybody, but um, we're still all on a Discord, and um, I, I'm just. You know, I saw some of them in the iOS Happy Hour last Saturday. As I saw some familiar faces, and that was a lot of fun. So um, uh, I hope that it's an ongoing thing. I really do. I think we'll. Um, that those relationships are just uh, uh, wonderful to to nurture and nourish. Well, how long have you been doing Flock of Swifts? Oh, but um, uh, late December is when I just started with it. Okay, I, I must have missed you. I, I haven't been on since about November, December. We'll put it in the notes. It's it's a really great. Yeah. Uh, it's a California meetup online of uh, of uh, Swift enthusiasts, and there are a range of of knowledge bases in there, including people who uh, I believe work for Apple, who just know a lot of really minutia, which is just fantastic to listen to. Yeah, and there's a, we generally start off with a troubleshooting session, so we get to each bring in our open questions. What are we What are we curious about? What do we need to work with? And we get maybe a dozen people to look at it, and um, you know everybody gets a chance to uh, you know offer their um, their suggestions about ways to move forward. And I I actually did it once during the boot camp. I, I found myself really in a jam, and I went on there, and I was like, oh yeah, and a couple of people helped me just sort of see what I wasn't seeing. And so um, yeah, it's a it's a super good resource. And it's um, uh, it's a lot of fun. I know um, Ray Fix, the guy, the gentleman who is mm-hmm. the is the person behind it, has done some of the um, of the Codeco um, video training and some some, mm-hmm. more the, some of the more advanced topics that I uh, that I kind of sort of understand <laughs> one word and seven. But uh, but but Ray is great. And there's yeah, there's several people in there who I think work for Apple or worked for Apple or, or just have deep. There's a lot of knowledge in that group. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very great group. I, I I give a lot of props to them, and they'll probably wind up getting a lot of people in flux just uh, from hearing about from from this show. Yeah, right now we're building a Wordle clone. Um, right now, one of the the members, one of the, there's usually like a sort of a threaded lecture that goes over not multiple weeks, and we did a. Um, uh, not we, we watched a gentleman do a um, um, uh, satellite tracking app that would track uh, the position of a satellite. I forget which one it was he was doing. It was a, I think it was a space station. Oh, the ISIS. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, yeah. He did the ISIS tracking and then um, he, um, now we're doing a Wordle 
uh, Wordle clone. And uh, yeah, as a sort of just as a just basic sort of calisthenics for your programming skills, it's a great uh, couple of hours. Which leads, of, uh, which of course begins to answer the question, you finish the boot camp, where do you go next? We'll have more of the Codeco podcast after these words from Split.io. This podcast is brought to you by the Split Feature Management and Experimentation Platform. What if a release was exactly how it sounds? A liberation from constraint, a moment of relief, an escape from outdated processes, tedious software, changes, and the slow, painful deployments that hold back product engineers. Free your teams and your features with Split. By attaching insightful data to feature flags, Split helps you quickly deploy, measure, and learn the impact of every feature you release, which means you can turn up what works, turn off what doesn't, and give software innovation the room to run wild. Now you can safely deliver features up to 50 times faster and exhale. Split feature management and experimentation. What a release. To reimagine software delivery and propel your teams forward, start your free trial at split.io slash Codeco. And we'd like to thank Split.io for sponsoring this episode of the Codeco podcast. You finish the boot camp, where do you go next? And, you know, you uh, have networked through the, uh, through the forums uh, for Codeco and you found Flock of Swifts, which is a great... Um, Coco gathering of folks. I, I I hate to use the term Coco nowadays. It's it's all Swift nowadays. Um, but it. How do you feel your network has been expanding? Both of you. Uh, let's Eric start with you. How do you feel your network has been expanding? It is. It is. It has really been expanding on on the iOS side um, since since the boot camp. Um, I met a lot of people because I helped a lot of people during the boot camp, and I did a lot of. Um, Posted a lot of walls of text on the on the <laughs> on the chats, um, so I got I got quite a few people that would um, you know directly message me and ask me things and and so and those turned into LinkedIn um, um, invites then you know emails you know, I mean so a lot of these people I've, that I've talked with uh, we've been talking almost on a daily basis. Still, I mean, Franklin, wow. Franklin is mainly, I mean, me and him talk, I, I would say maybe once or twice a day. And uh, we're looking forward to hopefully being able to work together on the next iOS boot camp that's coming up in a, uh, March or April. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, great. I'll be a mentor on that. And he's looking to be a mentor as well. That's fantastic. Oh, this is great. So, yeah. When you uh, when you uh, were applying for the internship, did you mention the boot camp? Well, yeah, that's actually it. Actually, came out of the boot camp. So when we started the boot camp, um, the first day, the, the the first meeting, we were told that um, um, ten people, you know, would have a chance of possibly interviewing for um, a open intern position at um, at Five Pack Creative, and um, that was a you know, across all of the cohorts at that time, as we also had um, mm. Flutter and Android as well. And um, I was one of the ones selected from the iOS cohort and um, did an interview at the end of, well, the first of December with that. And then um, they got back to with me around the, um, right before Christmas and said, hey, you know, we'd like to bring you on as an intern at the first of the year. That's phenomenal. Fantastic. 
It's absolutely wonderful. Yeah, I was I was very excited for that. I mean, I've been um, I kind of have a unique problem in that um, my uh, what would you say it my career history is kind of um, uh, checkered, so to say, because I'm switching careers. So I've got mm-hmm. so the moment I put my put my um, it, it, you can never erase anything off the internet. Right. Everywhere out there that says I'm looking for a job shows my resume as wanting to be an iOS developer. I am getting I I I get maybe 20, 30 emails a day for everything that's not an iOS developer. <laughs> I actually, I actually have this piece of advice, and I always tell people: put on your resume an email with a forwarding address, and that email should be your email underscore r followed by the year and the quarter that you're releasing that resume for. And that way, when people contact you, they're going to use that forwarding email. And you will know by which email that comes in from how old a resume they're looking at. And I've been doing this for about five oh. years now. Um, so I have, you know, R22-3. And um, it is very easy for me to filter at least that first wave. There is, of course, yeah. that, that main wave where we don't care. We're just looking for an open resume. We don't read it. And my resume plays all the games on trying to, to, to trigger AI reading and all of that stuff. But I, I recommend it to everyone out there. Change the email on your resume to represent the quarter that you are releasing it for. And then have uh, mail filters. That is, that is a very neat tip. I mean, right now, I've just been filtering on, off all my old jobs and just saying, trash. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it just, it's, um, I mean, I had, I've had, um, well, I would say here's the, here's the big thing from that. After the boot camp, um, I had the confidence to start applying for jobs. Now, wow. this is, this That's is, huge. this is coming from somebody. Now, when I say that, I'm talking about for iOS jobs. Um, I've been I've been on multiple sides of the hiring desk. I've um, mm-hmm. worked at multiple companies that do the hiring and stuff like that, either consulting them or hiring for them. So I know how the interviews go and such like that. And I, I know that in most cases you should apply, 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 even if even if you don't exactly match what those um, what those specifications are that they're looking for. Um, but I never did apply for an iOS job before. But after the boot camp, I did. I think I applied to 30 or 40 of them that were out there. And um, I did. I mean, there's a lot of times that, you know, I got a, th- a thanks, but no thanks. Um, um, a lot of times, no no responses at all. But I did get a couple interviews. Um, and here's the thing. You're going to get you're going to you're going to have to. It, it doesn't matter if it's iOS or, or what. Um, in the IT field, you have to apply. And that's something that I recommend anybody to do in the IT field. Apply for the job. Even if you think that you they want five years experience doing X, Y through Z, still apply. If you have a few of those things, 
apply. If they say five years and you've got two years, apply. I've met people that have 20 years experience working at, at companies there. And when you get down in brass tacks and talk about them, what they have is maybe three years experience multiplied by six because they're doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. Mm. Um, so and when some people say five years experience, apply. You know, if they say developer, five years experience, apply. They say senior developer and you're not a senior, you don't, you've never held the senior title before, maybe don't apply. But if it says developer, <laughs> apply. I mean, the worst thing that can happen is, is that you get no answer or, or they say no thanks. The best thing that can happen is you actually get an interview. And unless you're really horrible at interviewing, um, it's not going to be a bad experience. Well, and if you are really horrible, it's going to help you get better. You'll learn like it's experience, yeah. right? So, yeah. So that's why to apply for jobs that you may that maybe aren't your dream job, but just try it. And if you land the interview, you know, however it goes, it'll be a learning experience. Exactly. I mean, I've I've hired um, before. One of the things that I did when I was um, doing my performance um, tuning and um, um, performance jobs, I would go out there and interview with other companies wasn't looking for a new job. I was, I was paid very well. I was, uh, the company was taking very good care of me, but I still interviewed. And the reason why I still interviewed at that time frame there was so that I knew that I was keeping up with what the technology has there. If you're working for a company, if you're, um, if, if you're working for a company whose business is not IT or not programming or something like that, you're going to get stuck in a loop of doing the same, of repeating the same year over and over. That the company you're working for, if their business is technology, you're going to get experience, new experience every year. Something's always new going to pop up. And so what I'm saying there is if you come into a job and you're implementing an, an ERP program for, for, for this company or you're building a new app for this for, for, for this company, chances are really good that once that implementation's over, you're going to go into the maintenance phase. And it's going to be anywhere from five to 10 years, maybe 20 years, depending on what that piece is, before you'll do something like that again. And So that's when you apply. should look for new jobs, the maintenance phase? Yeah. What's an ERP program? Um, well, that's what they're, um, the, oh my God, someone was going to ask me that. You called me out. <laughs> uh, so that I'm would be the person the, who doesn't know things, so I ask. <laughs> that would be your enterprise ER uh, something <laughs> program. So this is basically your customer service type type thing. But you resource. look at it on it. Yeah, enterprise resource program. I program. Program. <laughs> So, and these are generally the big projects you'll see inside of of of, of a company. Um, that's generally not a um, um, tech company, but that's the thing is that's why I went to um, contracting. I mean, if you really want to be, you know, on the bleeding edge, contracting's where it's at. But we're going off the thing here. 
when I got out of this, when I got out of the um, boot camp, I was confident to apply. I felt confident in my knowledge that I could sit down there and I can hold a conversation with somebody on the phone or Zoom and talk about iOS development. And that was the big thing. Bob, how about you? Like, were you, is that what you were looking to get out of the boot camp? And what do you, what do you think you got out of it? The, the rawest thing I was looking to get out of the boot camp was self confidence. And before mm. the boot camp, I would never have, uh, without the boot camp experience, I would never have agreed to be on this podcast, for example. <laughs> it's, it's not the kind of thing I typically would do. And I would have never applied to, um, to join the, 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 um, the mentoring group. I've thought a long time about uh, writing for um, Code Echo, and I would like to apply for that sometime, but I've never had the confidence to do that. Um, it makes it easier when Ray tells you at graduation, gee, I wonder if anybody's looking for a book writer. So um, I think maybe... I I, I, I'll be better, but I did not have much self-confidence. And frankly, the whole COVID thing took what little confidence I had left and, and shredded it. Um, before, uh, in the before times, I was getting active in Cocoa Heads. There was a pretty active Cocoa Heads near me. And um, I was reaching out a lot more. I used to be in user groups going back to before there was any other way to learn about computing. And so <clears throat> those networks, they kind of ebbed and flowed. And uh I was purposely looking for a new network and a new opportunity to grow. And um, I found it with the bootcamp. It's, it's not an understatement to say it's profoundly changed my life. I'm like, I can't wait, not only for the bootcamp that I'm going to be doing next, but for what's going to come after that. Cause I think there's going to be some real big adventures and I'm going to draw them all back to uh, the bootcamp as the, as the spark of, of a great deal of it. Fantastic. Oh, that's so exciting. So I want to give people more insight into what it was really like, at least this boot camp. What was like a day in the life during boot camp? And contrast that with your life before the Codeco boot camp started. So like what's different? Well the structure there, there's a um there's two Zoom calls a week, each one lasting about an hour. Um there are fixed times every week. You do that for a the entire run of the bootcamp. Um, before the bootcamp starts, you get a syllabus that explains what the major concepts are going to be uh, during the um, during the, the forthcoming week. So you have a map of where you're going before you start, and you um, you know day in and day out, you're uh, they divide the week up into two sections. Um, one section is essentially I don't know that they have specific names, but I came to call them the learning section, which was when you took in new information. And then there was the application section, which was at the mid part in the week. Uh, you'd be given an assignment and some very clear and unambiguous goals that were to demonstrate that you sort of internalized what you learned the previous week. That rhythm, boy, built up week after week after week. And it was very challenging at first and almost second nature by the end of it. And um, it was uh, it was very clear that um, that you could see progress being made. You know, you could see, you know, in a way that you don't get when you're doing self-directed. When you're doing self-directed learning, you're you're logging up pages or you're logging up hours of video um, and maybe you're logging up code if you're if you're writing enough code as a result of that but it's like learning with training wheels on and it never really feels real because you've always got a, 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 a tutorial to lean back on or the answers somehow are there in the in the learning material uh, which you do need at the beginning but um, the, the the best way I could describe the boot camp is it's a lot like 
you don't have the training wheels anymore. You have a lot of assistance. Don't get me wrong. There's a lot of people to help. Um, and there's a lot of information out there. And there's a lot of help to just say, look, look here. Don't look over there. Look over here. Um, but it doesn't feel paint by numbers in a way that a lot of tutor- self-directed tutorials become because you're kind of holding on to the rail really tight. You know, that, that the tutorial, it's hard to generalize. I found when I've done tutorials in the past, um, they go great and then you hit a bump and then it just like, you just crater and you just can't figure out what you did wrong or where the bug is. And sometimes it's in the tooling. It's not in the code. Sometimes it's in a different framework that you don't control. Um, and, and many tutorials are too prolific with things like third-party libraries and pulling in other stuff, uh, you know, other things that add to the complexity, but they don't add to the learning. Um, the Codeco stuff doesn't have a lot of third-party libraries. It doesn't have a lot of externalities because, not because those aren't important things to learn, but boy, when you're just starting out or when you don't have a lot of self-confidence, those kind of things just break you. You know, you can't, I, I can't get Realm integrated and do the server configurations on that to do in order to do a chat client. And so, um, um, you know, it's a, it's a very, um, it's a very wise collection of assignments. That's the best way I would, that's what, that was what I felt about it. And it was very intense. I don't know how people who like, like Eric, maybe he could speak to this because I didn't, I had the luxury of not having a full-time job. I do all freelance work and I could sort of, you know, work at my own pace. And I, I was able to dial things back so that I didn't have a lot of commitments during the, the, the boot camp. So I got a lot of time to put in on it. And um, I got a lot of chance to write on the, on the forums about, you know, the, uh, one of the ways that I learn is to write what I think I know and see if anybody can, you know, either poke holes in it or, or, um, go, yeah, yeah, I learned, you know, that, that helped me. So, um, I I did a lot of writing. Not everybody did. Um, some of it was better than others. Um, because I don't have the, you know, I'm not a programmer in the sense of having a lot of, a lot of, you know, five or six apps under my belt. And so I'm writing from a sort of an exploratory place more than an experienced place. But, um, that for me helped me learn and it helped me. And it was, everyone was very welcome to that. They were very appreciative of it. And, um, uh, it was, uh, it was just a lot of fun. I got to the point where I got to look forward to looking on my discord every morning, which is a, uh, is a nice thing to have after you've been kind of pretty well isolated for a number of, uh, of months. I wish we had time to play the entire interview, but if you'd like to see the interview with all the material, watch YouTube for the full video version. That is, that is, I think really uh, at, at the core of what we're listening for and looking at is that the boot camps really do help with the self-confidence. I think that, that really is a fantastic message to uh, to help people understand the value behind all of this. Um, Eric, uh, Bob, I I cannot thank you both enough for uh, for all the information that you've given us, both from your from your experience and your opinions about the experience. It's been really great having both of you on. And also, I think it's so exciting that. Um both Eric and Bob are going to be returning to Codeco boot camps as mentors themselves. Like getting to meet both of you guys, these students are lucky because they're going to, they're going to get to interact with you. And that is phenomenal. Well, we're lucky too, because they, we get to interact with them. I mean, they're, they're just such great people. And, um, uh, it's a self-selecting group of people who are interested in stuff that we're interested in. And so uh, that's just a formula for success. The whole, the whole environment, the whole, the, the whole experience. I mean, it was great. I mean, I came in with a, um, with 
with some good experience. Um, other people didn't, but everybody was welcome. And, and um, it was um, learning, learning for everybody. I mean, there was, if you had questions, you had, you, you could, you could get answers. Um, and that's, that's pretty darn good. I mean, I was sitting here looking at the time frames here on some of these questions. I mean, people didn't wait for, you know, hours and hours and hours for, for, for answers. They got their answers fairly, fairly immediately. And the, the engagement from, from the mentors was, was fabulous. So thank you again for, for all of your input. And thank you both for, as you mentioned, having the confidence to come on the podcast and speak. I mean, I, th- I think that's absolutely wonderful. And I'd love to uh, bring you guys back in a, in a future season or so to hear how things have, have worked out and how you've both grown in your iOS careers. And what it was like to be a mentor. That would be great. Yeah, also to find out about that. Um, you can find uh, both Eric and Robert on Twitter, assuming Twitter continues to exist. Eric is Eric Jenkinson. Uh, Bob, you're Bob Dell, B-O-B-D-E-L? Yes. And, of course, if you're in the Codeco forums, definitely take a look around for Eric and Bob because they'll most likely be answering your questions. Yes. Yep. Yeah, I'm really big in the Discord. I meant on the forums and, and Discord. Um, the 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 Codeco Discord is an absolutely wonderful place. Uh, coming up in two weeks, our next episode, we have Adrian Eves and Chris Wu uh, from the iOS Dev Happy Hour, and they're going to talk about building a successful online meetup. Uh, that'll be coming your way in about two weeks. Obviously. Um, We'll also be uh, showing this on YouTube. For those of you who are watching it on YouTube, you got to see everything. Uh, but we will have more another episode in two weeks. Until then, that's going to wrap things up. Thanks so much. And that's a wrap. Thanks again, everybody, for listening to the Codeco podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to leave a rating in your favorite podcast app. See you next time.